Hello, welcome to Clients and Coins, the podcast for freelancers who want to build a successful business and excel within your freelancer's career. I'm your host, Tricia, your go-to career and mindset coach. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this podcast. We truly appreciate you and I am doing a heart emoji hand sign right now with my hands giving so much love and support really grateful that you're here listening to me today so today we're talking about getting started as a remote freelancer now this is something that a lot of my clients and even potential clients or friends as a matter of fact would just ask like just ask like just come up to me and ask whether they're actually interested in making this thing like a full-on business or they want to approach it as a side hustle aspect it's a question that i get so much throughout my coaching career and just like my regular day-to-day life so if you're thinking about making a switch to freelancing or if you're just curious about what it's all about well this episode is definitely for you So to kick things off, let's talk about what exactly is remote freelancing. So remote freelancing is a type of self-employment where you work for clients remotely, meaning you don't have to go into an office or physical location. You could just work from your home or coffee shop or anywhere in the world, as a matter of fact, with a Wi-Fi connection. And freelancing, to be honest, has grown a lot over the past few years and freelancing also tend to carry this stigma from especially from persons that I talk to whether they're clients or whether we only like got to the discovery call stage like prospects but freelancing tends to carry this stigma as to that you're quote-unquote not important or like you don't make a lot of money or like you're begging or scrapping for work and mind you there are tons tons of freelancers all over the world that make way more money (laughs) i mean way more money and i kid you not than persons working a regular corporate nine-to-five job like your bank managers your financial advisors heck even some doctors they're freelancers that are scaling and doing it they are doing it and they're living their best life so when you hear the term freelancing or freelancers or remote freelancers don't 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 stop please don't because some of us be out here cashing more checks than a lot of the corporate people in the world just saying so some benefits of remote freelancing there are actually many benefits of remote freelancing including flexibility where you can choose your own hours and work from wherever you want now of course there are some jobs that will have a set work schedule or like they want you to be in a set location but the thing is about freelancing is that all jobs aren't like that there's some that are literally like that that i just described where you choose your own hours and you work from wherever you want and then there are some that are like set schedules where you may end up working a nine to five or you may end up working from 3 a.m to 2 p.m to 2 p.m like it all depends but you have the choice to decide if you want to agree to those arrangements but 
technically speaking, there's a job out there for anyone to fit anyone's schedule. Another benefit would be variety, meaning you can work on a variety of projects with different clients. So because you're a freelancer, you don't need to limit yourself to one client or one job, whereas it's much harder to do like a part-time job or a side hustle if you have a regular 9 to 5 job that requires you to be there in person. Whereas as a freelancer, you can have multiple clients, you can have how many other clients you want to have that you can manage productively and without giving yourself burnout. You can have how many clients you want to have, you can charge whatever you want to charge. It's totally up to you because at the end of the day, it's your business. It's a business that you're running. Whether you look at it that way or not, technically, it's a business that you're running. So you can you can work on a variety of projects. You can do basically whatever you want to do with how many ever clients. You can do whatever works best for you. Another benefit is there's a potential for higher earnings because freelancers often charge higher rates than traditional employees. No, I mean, can't you see how it's possible after hearing that how freelancers or some freelancers, I should say, end up cashing out bigger checks than your regular corporate nine to five or office job people or personnel? I mean, the sky's the limit with freelancing, to be honest, and there's money to be made, good money at that to be made. Another benefit of remote freelancing is work-life balance. And remote freelancing can give you a better work-life balance as you set your own boundaries and work when you're most productive. Now, I'm not going to fluff here and say that that is 100% true. I would say it is 100% true if you allow it to be 100% true. And let me evaluate on that. Now, being that you have the choice to choose how many other clients you want to work with. So say I decided I want to work with 10 different clients and I don't have the capacity to work with 10 different clients. I don't have the time. It doesn't fit my schedule. It doesn't fit into my regular work life or whatever the case may be. So is is honestly kind of hard it's kind of hard to manage these 10 clients and put out the level of productivity the level of expertise to do my best work for each of my clients now that obviously would not be work-life balance and the reason why i wouldn't have work-life balance in that aspect is because i was being greedy for a lot of better words i wanted to help everyone i wanted all of these different clients and wanted more money whatever my reasons could be but we have to remember when taking on new projects new gigs new clients when taking on new business we have to look at our schedules we have to look at our capacity and if you're a serious freelancer who's transitioning into an entrepreneur you can also think about outsourcing as in hiring help and when I say hiring help, I always encourage freelancers to hire other freelancers. Like, why not keep the money within your niche or within your community? I always advise other freelancers to do that. So, work-life balance, honestly, is up to you. It depends on how, how you want to balance it, to be honest. But burnout is possible. 
if you don't know how to manage yourself and tasks and clients um and that honestly alone could be another episode but you guys could comment reach out to me contact me through my website www.theremotecatalyst.com or you can send me an email at tricia at theremotecatalyst.com and let me know if that's something you would prefer to hear like a deep analysis on like working through that kind of struggle okay so platforms that remote freelancers can use to get started on now there are so many different platforms where you can find remote work and like it's crazy honestly it's crazy i'm only gonna name five right now and the five i'm gonna name are upwork fiverr freelancer.com we work remotely and people per hour now, all of all of these i prefer upward and fiverr and that's solely because i am caribbean based i live in barbados and i find out of all of the platforms that i've tried i've tried a bunch but i have not tried all out of all of the platforms that i have tried upward and fiverr are the best for caribbean people now if you're within the caribbean and you tried another platform and it's working really well for you please send me a message let me know i would love to check it out as well i would love to advise my other members in my community about these other platforms that you're trying if you're within the caribbean and it's working superb for you um but yeah otherwise i prefer upwork and fiverr because i don't have any issues in terms of receiving funds there's like payment protection like they don't see the caribbean countries as third world countries and we don't have issues with cashing out or receiving funds and whatnot so i just generally prefer those two and also those two platforms don't like there's some jobs posted on especially upward that would say it's limited only to like people in the philippines or people in the u.s or whatever but there is them you like find, you may find that you're one to five percent that is limited by location like that but there's like say it's ten percent there's another ninety percent of jobs on the platform that don't care where you are they just want talent and as long as you can prove that you have that talent or you can help them with their pain points they are willing to give you a try now when it comes to freelancing there are some skills that are in demand and the skills in demand for remote freelancers tend to vary on the industry however i will still share some of the most popular skills that are currently in demand at the timing of this recording and those are writing yep although there's a bunch of AI about the place there are some there are still some people that believe that they need the personal touch that most AI platforms can't generate to content whether that be sales copy blog posts um, webs, website copy whatever it, it may be that you need writing for product descriptions there are some persons that would rather use an actual person for specific writing tasks i mean ai has become very competitive right now and i do know of a lot of freelance writers who lost their jobs due to the improvement of ai and how it has scaled but it is still a niche where there's still a small percentage of people 
that still prefer to hire a writer but i would say if you decide to go into writing you need to stand out because being that it's a niche now that's not as popular quote unquote as before you need to show like why should somebody hire you why should somebody pay to hire you to write when i could use ai and i'm just being real to be honest i know i did say that there are some people that prefer a personal touch but realistically speaking you could plug whatever you want to plug in ai once you use the correct prompts or once you learn how to talk to ai that is going to spit out whatever it's going to spit out based on whatever is on the internet you can fact check it after fact checking it you can add your own personal touch onto it and you can have great content so in that scenario they won't necessarily be a need for a writer however there are some people that don't have the time for all that and would rather either hire an ai specialist to do that or a writer so as i said if you're interested in writing not to deter you go ahead do you boo but make yourself stand out we need to see why should we hire you to write this piece for me or to write this product description for me what is so fabulous about you that i should choose you to do this job instead of ai technology basically and that's the approach that all of us as freelancers need to take we need to make sure that we are putting our best foot forward we are showing up basically we are proving that we're talent we are of value we're not begging we may need the job or need the money but we don't show up like that we show up like you need me as in the client needs me because i can provide xyz value i can help you solve xyz pain points i can make your business run extremely smoothly whatever niche it may be that you're in or whatever pain point it is that you can solve you need to prove to your client that you are the best fit out of all of the other freelancers within your pool or niche another skill in demand would be editing and that could be of editing um content as well another two sorry another skill would be design such as graphic designing um there's all kind of other types of design but that's just one example programming web development social media marketing that's a big one virtual assistant is another big one and honestly virtual assistant is one niche it's very saturated it's very popular i mean to be honest i started in virtual assistants and customer service and for persons that don't necessarily know where they want to start although i highly recommend for you to take some time and sit back and decide what you want to do as in what you're good at what you're passionate about and not just jumping into it and within my services i help and coach my clients throughout that process or that phase of of beginning remote freelancing because for me i take a holistic approach on freelancing and everything that i do within my life so instead of most of my clients to be honest come to me with um a scenario where is that they either need extra money they need a career change or they're just interested like it seems to be easy so they want to know a bit more about it but i love to advise to my clients that 
it's not just a career change or a peak of interest or a side hustle. I always advise for you to choose or get started in something that you like, you're interested in doing, or you're passionate about. And the reason why I always, always, always recommend those three points is because there's less probability of the person or the client reaching burnout. There's less probability of the person giving up. And there's less probability of the person losing interest, basically. Because if you're doing something that you're passionate about or you're interested in learning more about or just generally interested in, you are bound to be successful, to do great things. Because you're going to keep pushing yourself. You're going to keep improving your skill set. You're going to keep doing research. Like, this thing is going to become so important for you. And bear in mind, you're going to actually be working, but you're going to like working and you're going to be getting paid for something that you enjoy doing. So it's a win-win. Whereas I suppose it's you just jumping into this and you're doing any job. And especially if it's a side hustle something and you already have a nine to five and you jump into this other thing to make extra money. It's going to crash and burn. No lies. It is going to crash and burn. And the reason why it's going to crash and burn is because it's just another job just at your nine to five. So you're going to get more stress. You're going to have issues balancing. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be fretful. And it may not even seem to be worth it in the ending because your, your performance and your work quality will not be your best. And more than likely, your client is going to notice it. And it may be a case where you may be fired or before you actually tell your client, well, you know what? I can't deal with this anymore. I need to stop. And that could put a damage, damage that could damage your freelancing re reputation now because like, they're likely going to leave a review. Or if they don't, like, it's a possibility that other persons within their niche they could sync up and then they could end up talking about you and then that could pass on word of mouth you would never know that that was passed on word of mouth so like it's a whole scenario we could go so deep into these on that there but i always 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 recommend for you to choose something that you love doing yes there may be skills and these are only some skills that i mentioned which were writing, editing, design, programming, web development, social media marketing, and virtual assistants. Those are only a few skills that are in high demand. There are tons of other things that you could do remotely that are in demand. As long as you are helping or fixing a pain point, you are going to make money. As long as the service that you are offering helping or fixing a pain point you are going to make money remember you heard that here from your girl tricia at the remote catalyst take me on that now down to the meat of this podcast how to actually get started as a remote freelancer and i'm going to share a few tips probably only about four tips i'm going to share today on getting started as a remote freelancer if you'd love to get some more tips just send me a message as i see you can comment on this podcast send me any questions you have and i would be thrilled to answer your personal questions but for the sake of time i'm only going to sure share four tips of which i think to me extremely important so the first one is to choose your niche 
and Nishin Dong is extremely important because as much as you may want to help everyone, you cannot help everyone. So say you had decided to go into the virtual assistance arena and you decided, oh, I could offer virtual assistance um, services to everyone. There you cannot. Point blank, you cannot. Because if you offer virtual assistance to everyone, you are going to get no one. No one is going to work with you or no one is going to take you up because you're trying to people please. You're trying to help everyone. If you niche down and say that you're a virtual assistant to lawyers, for example, as you brand yourself and as you apply to jobs and as you create your profiles and you create your profiles niched and optimized around lawyers and virtual assistants for lawyers, more lawyers are going to draw to you because they're going to say, oh, well, this person may have more interest in law. They may be more well-versed in law. They may actually know one or two things that I may not even have to train them on because they're, they're niched down, they're tailored down to law. And honestly, that is the truth because the more you work with persons or professionals within your niche, you're going to pick up so many different things about them. And there's some values that each client within a specific niche shares. It may vary very slightly, but there's some values that each client within a specific niche end up sharing that you can apply across the board to all of your clients. Rather, you just tweak it because of personality differences or location differences, whatever the reason may be, but there are some values that you can share straight across the board of your clients. So in terms of choosing your niche, you need to decide what skills and experience do you have? What are you passionate about? Now, once you can answer those two questions, you will know your niche. As long as you can answer those two questions, you will know your niche. Write down everything. Write down all the skills and experience you have. Write down anything that you're passionate about. Go through your entire list and narrow it down. Whichever one stands out to you the most, make that be your niche. Once you know your niche, you can then start marketing yourself to potential clients. And that basically means creating your profile on the different job boards, switching with me, WeWorkRemotely, Upwork.com, Fiverr.com, um, whatever it may be. If you want to, you can create a social media page for your business. If you prefer, you can do that as well. You can create a social media page for your business and maybe even a website or maybe even you can go on to branding yourself personally or whatever the case may be. You can do that there as well. That's totally up to you. The second step is you can then create a portfolio. Your portfolio is your chance to showcase your skills and experience to potential clients. Now, make sure you include samples of your best work. Now, if you're now getting started with freelancing, I can understand you wouldn't have a portfolio. But that doesn't mean that you can't do stuff. I don't want to submit things up, but do stuff. Like, you already have a business. Because as a freelancer, you have a business, to be honest. 
eventually you're gonna have more than one client and it's gonna become a business so why not try to incorporate the service that you want to offer others for your business and draft or start to build a portfolio that way i mean everybody understands that you have to start one way you you have to start from somewhere you're going to be new at some point in time and you know have to build yourself or build your reputation but don't going with having nothing to show at all especially if your niche is a skill based a skill based niche and when i say skill based skill based niche i mean as in like graphic design like you could just create a whole heap of graphics that look nice get your family's opinions on them and what's not add those to your portfolios like things like that you could start to build your portfolios customer service and that kind of stuff you may have to get some recommendations from persons through your linkedin or get some family members to write up some stuff and take some screenshots or whatever and you could post those snippets and what's not you know that kind of stuff but as a new person, I can understand your portfolio may be a bit on the limited side, but that doesn't mean you, should, you shouldn't try to at least start it or create it. The third tip I have for you today is to set your rates. How much do you want to charge for your services? It's very important to do research and to set rates that are competitive and fair to both you and your clients. Now, I, I always encourage persons to set rates based off of their experience, their skill set, and their knowledge, basically, and also what they're comfortable with doing. So for persons that are interested, like they're going into a niche that they have no certification, they're just interested in it and they have no experience, I would generally advise to have a rate on the lower end of the scale and to confidently let your client know that this is just an interest of yours you have you have tried it you've dabbled in it a bit but it's not something that you're highly experienced or versed in and you're well you're like you're okay to cut your rate a bit not too much that is like slave work but like you're okay to cut your rate a bit that you know, you could get started in this and build yourself up because obviously the more clients you get, the more experience you get, the more your rate should rise. Now, we, we don't stay at the rate that you are at for the rest of your life. Some persons tend to ask, when should they raise their rate? And that is never ever a definite or set in stone answer. It always depends. And it, it depends on a, a whole heap of stuff. And I like to do that by a case by case. So I want technically answer that question right now here on this podcast for that part i love to do an audit on the person and then i would do i would give my advice based on my findings and my research but yeah so basically setting your rates you need to do some research and you need to make sure that it is a fair charge in terms of looking at your labor and your time that you're exchanging for this client to do this client's work And the final tip that I have is to find work. (laughs) Once you're ready to start working, you can start browsing for projects on freelancer platforms or reaching out to potential clients directly. And outreach is something that a lot of people get a bit shaky on and nervous because they don't like to outreach. They don't like to do lead generation. They don't like, you know, and i can understand why because i myself i don't like outreach but i do it because 
I want to continue to grow my business, my coaching business, and I want to continue to excel, and I want to be amazing <laughs> to be honest i just want to be great at what i do so i do outreach yes i get referrals yes i you know i search through and what's not and people come to me people find my website i do my seo stuff and i get my i get myself out there get that reach but there's still more to add to the pie because if you're doing all the back end stuff and then you're actually outreaching to people, you'll be surprised how much more revenue you can bring in by just sending a simple message. And a great place to do outreach is on LinkedIn. You can also do um, Instagram and maybe Facebook, but it depends on your niche because there's some, um, there are some social media platforms that work best for specific niches. So I know for, um, graphic design a lot of graphic designers tend to hang on to instagram um so it, it depends it depends on what niche you're in that's something you would have to research and see which niche your potential which platform sorry your potential client seems to gravitate to and then that will be your main or go-to platform and you can then use that platform to do most of your business or outreach on. You can leverage the other platforms, but you need to choose one specific social media platform that is going to be the queen, the king or the queen of your, your business in terms of outreach, in terms of content, in terms of everything, to be honest. It's always good to have a main, main platform that your clients or your niche gravitates to because you're likely going to get better and higher business on that platform okay so those were my four tips for how to get started as a remote freelancer i know some of you may have some questions on some of those points are you may like some more tips and i would be glad to share those with you just reach out and let me know Okay, so to wrap this episode up, basically we can say that remote freelancing can be a great way to build a successful business and achieve your work-life balance goals. If you're thinking about making a switch to freelancing, I encourage you to do your research and take the plunge. I repeat, do your research and take the plunge research is extremely important and if you're going to be an entrepreneur or a freelancer you need to take the plunge you need to take risks entrepreneurship is all about risk-taking freelancing is also all about risk-taking and mindset so you need to take the plunge start sitting back start sorry stop procrastinating stop doubting yourself and do you do you you are your biggest setback at this point in time and you know i am here your girl is here to coach you all to be to be here to motivate you to help you build confidence to just get you going to get you running so don't ever feel like you're alone in this journey i know there will be times that you will be extremely defeated i have been there i have cried many nights of not finding work of things not going the way that i wanted him to do and here i am eight years later secured i have secured high ticket clients making money i could have never made in my life if i stayed working in a hotel if i stayed cooking i mean it's 
unbelievable to be honest also let me know if you guys want an episode on my actual story of how we got into freelancing and all that stuff because i find it kind of interesting but i don't want to show you if anyone else doesn't want to hear it <laughs> so yes that's it for today um thanks for listening you guys the clients and coins the podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave a review and if you have any questions or feedback for you feel free to reach out to me on my social media or on my website and i am on sorry i just had a brain freeze but so i am on instagram i am on facebook and on those two platforms i'm on i'm at the remote catalyst and on linkedin i'm at tricia harrison so i'm on youtube too but i don't have anything i don't have anything posted on there yet so you could reach out on my socials if you like or you could visit my website www.theremotecatalyst.com go to the contact us page and send me a message there or you could email me directly to tricia t-r-i-c-i-a at theremotecatalyst.com i hope all this information helps and thank you guys for the support thank you for staying thank you for listening to me rambling and making so many mistakes but i love to be authentic so i'm gonna leave all of them within this recording do have an amazing day night evening wherever you are in the world and we will chat soon bye